Hey, fellas. Howdy. Come on. J-Rod and Zachary. Zach with a C-H. That's correct. <laughs> Not a C-K. As uh, the Miss Kelly Bertrand's been spelling it for how many years now? Long enough to know. But in her defense, there are a lot of people that spell it with a K. Yes, I just but happen to be one that doesn't. Dumb. No. But the other way is the more intelligent way to spend, uh, I don't, spell it. I don't know. I don't know why there's, uh, to be honest, I'm not sure why there is an H. It, d- Did you ever ask your mom? No. I don't think she would be able to answer. I think it was, my name came from a John Denver song, Zachary and Jennifer. Really? And that's how it was spelled, I believe, in the song. Yeah, but they don't really spell it in the song. They just sing it. So how did they... It was a title. I get I know. <laughs> your name could be Orangelo, spelled orange jello. That could be, yeah. <laughs> in some societies, that is the per- proper enunciation. <laughs> so yeah, we're here. Uh, 100. 100 episodes. This being 100. Kind of crazy, guys. What do you think? Quite insane. It is uh, extremely insane. If you would have said, hey, we're going to do 100 of these things after the first week or two, um, I'd have probably been like... um, Mm. I'll bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, well, um, luckily you guys got me, so it'll probably last. But they... uh, You know what's what's funny is after episode two, I went to bed that night way back a year ago and I thought exactly that (laughs) you were nervous and then you're like oh but we have Bertrand so we should be fine totally you know coming I'm just kidding you know trying to create fun content at first it was it was a little uh, I don't know not stressful because it was fun but at the end of the day there was always Jared (laughs) it's kind of like the song in uh, Scrubs Overkill. He just kept popping up with the guitar playing the song. Yeah, it just keeps coming. It scenes everywhere. Here we go. It's, it's like herpes. Yeah. Uh, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and there it is. That's <laughs> our guy. One under it. Coming in, little minute work. Overkill. Felt, I don't know, it's kind of, I heard this earlier today. I was having a cup of coffee, getting some emails cleared out and pinged up. And I'm like, I love that song. Vocals are great. What time did you wake up today after a long travel weekend? I was up on my local clock was 5.13. Oh, really? You're still an early riser. Oh, yeah. Good. I was up at 5.01. Good. All right. What time about you? I was in the 4 o'clock hour, so I wasn't Mm. much before you. No. But I did hit snooze a couple times. What a bunch of losers. I I wish I had a life where I could sleep in to eight. uh, Uh, snooze. All right. Well, let's get this thing going. 100 episodes. Um, Clearly, we hadn't anticipated it. Um, Our wives most definitely didn't anticipate it. Um, But this has been a lot of fun. And today, we're going to go back to the OG world, just three of us, just like we uh, trying to figure this thing out. (laughs) Um, There's just so much going on, kind of recapping... A lot of themes from the first 99 episodes, and it kind of is all culminating, you know, because obviously 
this show is based upon the game we love, right? And this time of year, there's a shit ton of soccer stuff yes. that's going on Everywhere at all levels. Everywhere you look, man, you you, you could it'd be hard to hide from it and not hear something about soccer right now. Well, and what I love about it too, and I'm, when we get to my point, uh, just the coverage on different networks now is pretty impressive too. Yeah. So, um, real quick, shout out to our friends here at Maggie O'Brien's down on Market, Caddy Corner, cross street from City Park. Um, thank you so much for hosting us. Really appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure there will be a round of uh, lemon pepper rub, flat wings uh, <laughs> in a little bit. They're brilliant. If you haven't had them, come get them. Uh, and and I want to throw a special shout out to Chris and Bill. You guys have been with us for quite a while over there at uh, thepinnacleloans.com. <clears throat> Probably since, I don't know, roughly 55, 60, somewhere yeah, in there. I would say they're in the, the second half of our 100. Yeah, and, you know, just start. continuing support the show. Check them out. Um, you, they're, they're your source. Got a house too small, they'll find you one a little bit bigger. Trying to trying to move it, need a little help with the next step. Uh, realtors, underwriters, whole process. Simple. Check it out. Go to their website, thepinnacleloans.com. Um, which brings us to out of the gate here. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do some pinnacle points of the episode. Yeah, episode um, one hundred. Who uh, who, go. who let's go first? I'll go. I'll get it out of the way because I didn't. I'm not. I don't think I'm as is. Organizes you folks today um, after the long travel weekend. Um, I would imagine in this episode today, uh, my first pinnacle point, we're going to talk about some of our favorites and maybe go down memory lane a little bit. And specifically one of probably my favorite um, episode, along with a lot of our fans, um, Mr. Terry Mickler. Um, this gentleman... Um, the last few months has had some health problems. It's some unfortunate health problems. Um, there currently is a GoFundMe page set up on his behalf yeah. because his insurance is not keeping pace with his um, exorbitant medical bills. And I, first off, the Soccer Dad Pod uh, wants to be the first to you know push this if other other formats are as well. Um, it's it's cool to read who who's donating and and. And, I, you know, anybody that's on our show that's a fan um, knows of Terry Mickler. I mean, the gentleman has over a 1,000 wins. Um, I mean, he would give you the shirt off his back. Um, reach out, help this guy. Um, and it, it will mean a lot to not only him but other members of our soccer community. Yeah, no, I, I had the name Terry Mickler on my little bullet points to talk about today um, to Jared's point. Uh, go check out the GoFundMe. Uh, you can just go to GoFundMe and type in Terry Mickler. You will find it. T-E-R-R-Y-M-I-C-H-L-E-R. Um, go through the names. It's kind of fun because it is, if you're a soccer lover, uh, you're going to see a lot of names are really familiar. Um, and the support that they're giving Terry is, you know, unprecedented. So, um, you know, a little bit goes a long way. Um, I'm going to go second here. Pinnacle point of the day, number two. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on our city SC team, and LP Lutz. That was really do, close. How do you? How do we do pronunciation, director? Fan uh, and steel. Fan and steel. Yeah. Fan and steel. Yeah. Okay. LP, 
a.k.a. Penguin Snatcher. Um, he went out uh, yesterday, two days ago, kind of uh, State of the Union put a, put a message out. Uh, and one of the paragraphs of the statement that I really that, that made me feel good because I mean, what do you what are you going to say after you know an, an inaugural season like that? Your expansion, you know, nobody in the domestic marketplace really knows who you are as a sporting director. The vast majority of the names that were brought on the team also were big old question marks. Um, you know, and fast forward eight months later, you win the West, you go into the playoffs, you get bounced way earlier than we would like. That is what it is, but by all metrics, it just astronomically exceeded expectations. And the pair, a couple of sentences that I'm going to point out um, that, that made me feel good was this. He goes, this is year one of a five-year plan. First team is ahead of schedule. You know, so, you know, kind of, an, it's a duh statement, but it's like, absolutely, it is ahead of schedule. Meaning that... Maybe the first metric is is we made the playoffs, and in their five-year original plan, maybe playoffs weren't in the cards? Probably. That would be my guess. I mean, okay. guess. I mean, they finished top of the West, you know, for for the first team. I mean, City 2 last year, probably they exceeded their expectations there, too, making it all the way to the final. Um, he went on to say, I promise you we plan to improve the squad, make tweaks to our setup, and come back stronger. So it's just kind of like, again, these are generic statements at the end of virtually any team sport, professional team sport in particular. Next year, we're going to improve our squad. Um, but just reading it, reading it from his mouth made me feel good because what that really means, we're buyers. We're going to be spending. You know, we're, we're gonna, we, we, we exceeded our expectations, but we saw what happened. We know where we have some gaps. We got this. You know, I, I like, uh, yeah, that fires me up. Um, I read that statement. <clears throat> I think I read it before you, and I told you, make sure you read it like you would, and you would definitely read it. You probably read it 10 times. Well, I, I, like, I kept on questioning whether I would because you told me to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, from the word go, um, what's refreshing about the organization and LP is the transparency. Yes, they come out with blanket statements, any organization at the end of the year, but um, this guy doesn't duck from anything. He doesn't hide. Um, he's palms up, and um, he's humble in that statement, and he's telling fans thanks, and we're not going to rest on our laurels. And I even like the, the – um, selfishly, I like the line that he put in there with uh, about the – even below the first team. Yeah. You know, he talks about the whole organization in general specifically, and that's pretty slick. Yeah, no, I mean, it's one of those things. I, it, it, when you look at what they're doing and you look at the f whole system, you know, from two down through the academy, you know, obviously we're really close to it with the boys being, you know, I I at the U16 level. We see the training. We see kind of the process. <clears throat> obviously... We're not looking at the whiteboard, but we kind of see the big picture, what's happening with these teams, where the boys are landing, both collegiately and beyond. And there, it's, it, it's a structure. And so for all of you that are first-team lovers, they're paying attention to the farm system at, a, at an accelerated clip. It's a club. It, well, yeah. It's not just a team. And I think that's what's so unique about 
soccer, not only in this country, but worldwide, that it's a unique structure because in basketball, the NBA teams, the Atlanta Hawks, that's, that's their team. They might have a feeder team in the D league, maybe, but it's not, it's, if it's affiliated, it's roughly affiliated. Baseball has minor league, but they're not going into youth. It's just, yeah, it's you know, fun guys. And so football, I, hockey might be the closest. <clears throat> so if you're a newer fan of soccer in this country, I think learning more about the different things that are going on. I, I do want to get a topic in here at Go some ahead. point, which point, but not a pinnacle point. It's just gonna be about the MLS playoffs. <laughs> I'm just gonna put a little earmark for that for later. Now, my pinnacle point really is about another event last night that featured some prominent folks from our area in St. Louis, but also some friends of the show. It was the USL championship last night, the Phoenix Rising versus the Charleston Battery. Charleston Battery is the oldest still in operation football club in the United States starting in 1993. So they were pre-MLS and they're still going on today. A lot of history for USL championships. Their current head coach is a former assistant at the Michigan State University. A former assistant of Damon Rensing, a friend of our show. Um, his brother, Devin Rensing, is an assistant. St. Louis blood. St. Louis guy. And Brian Jones is the goalie coach who is from St. Louis, played here, coached here with the STLFC. So they made it to their championship game last night. Unfortunately, they lost in PKs. Um, in the end, uh, Phoenix scored in the 90th minute to tie it one to one. off do you think that coaching staff you just mentioned um, was, other than the, the body of work, they were probably proud. But do you think they were pissed that they couldn't just keep him out for three more minutes? Uh, yeah, I would imagine <laughs> they weren't real excited about it. No, I mentioned they were. Uh, no, I'm sure they were excited about going into. Uh, no, but and then the other thing is you have A.J. Cochran, who is from St. Louis. You also have Mark Segbers from St. Louis. Yeah. And you have Nick Markanik, who's the brother of? Yeah, uh, I'm blanking. Just say it. Anthony. Anthony Markanik, yeah. who played for St. Louis City. Yeah. So, and scored a banger last night. Yes, he did. He scored the, the one goal for, uh, for, for Charleston. <laughs> so, again, the soccer connections to St. Louis are still deep in every league. Well, every, how well, about the, the, uh, the halftime award for player of the year? Oh, yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, so the half, uh, Jeremy Allenball, uh, the, other, the president of the USL, another St. Louis connection, Gives out the the USL Player of the Year award to uh, Mr. Dequa, who played here as well. Yep, he was wearing a Baltimore Orioles jacket. I didn't like that, but uh, that was a little interesting choice, to be honest. Yeah, but uh, it's very Kanye esque. Yeah, but regardless, um, <laughs> St. Louis all over that field, and and I, and I actually sent Jeremy a text after the game, and I said, "Congratulate!" I said, "Here's what I did say." I said, "It is true." TV does add 10 pounds. Yeah. And he goes, ah, you're probably right. And I, and I just said, congratulations, man. I mean, what a successful night. Um, what a great game. Well, well I, and he, 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 let me say one thing, too, um, <clears throat> about USL kind of coming out of that. It ha the, the official numbers aren't out yet, but the ratings were higher than, I, I believe, in, in the history of the championship. Um, but that's coming on the back of all their new television deal announcements, taking them through 27. Well, where yeah. 
it, CBS is on board. The championship and, was broadcast on CBS last night. We right. were watching it on the plane on free TV on Southwest coming back yeah. from Detroit. Now, so he, he, that's he, amazing. On a Sunday night, Sunday night football's going on and this is going on. Here, here's Love. why this, that's a big deal for those of you that are lovers of the game and, you know, and you, you've got little ones that are dreaming of playing pro. Here's what's happening. Your pathways are exponentially increasing. The USL is legit professional league it's technically considered you know what would be triple a compared to mls you know an mlb triple a comparison but uh, i read an article today about usl where some of the top flight players part of the reason why they're uh, to a degree stuck there is because the money's real they're getting good deals mls has a little bit of an ego issue with uh, the optics are they have a little bit of an ego issue in, in trying to sign USL players. The transfer economics are better in the USL as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, and it's becoming a pathway to Europe as well. So it's just it's fun, um, and we we don't have a lot of the details yet, and I'm sure it'll come down the pipe. But they are the ones that are chomping chomping at the bit at a pro rel promotion relegation structure. Yeah, the Super League starts next year. I don't know all the all the, the skinning on that yet, but it's just uh, it's exciting, and I think it's great for the game and great for us. Um, let's let's keep going. Let's let's skip to another league. Let's go down maybe one or two le- a single level. NCAA selection Monday was today. Yeah, uh, the champion championship was laid out. Uh, Marshall got the number one. Notre Dame's two. Um, they're 16 seeds. Um, they automatically get a buy. Um, a lot of these teams um, that are the highest seed, they get home sites to play into that buy game. 48, right? 48. Um, there's 23 automatic bids, leaving 25 kind of uh, at-large bids. And the breakdown is, is I was surprised. There's five teams from that Sunbelt Conference in it. If you would have told me there was going to be five teams in the men's NCAA tournament from the Sun Belt. And two from the Big Ten. One. Oh, one. one. Yeah, sorry. Just one. Right, IU yeah. is the only team from the Big Ten because they beat the living shit out of each other all year and they all tied each other. Yep. And, I mean, that 90th minute goal. Yep. I mean, how many how many of these ties in the Big Ten were late goals? You didn't keep them out. I, I You got to win games. Shit, you got to win games. Yeah. Well, but th- that was the thing. I looked at the pairings today after the draw and it's like it, it makes me feel uh, the similar connotation is St. Louis high school soccer, right? In the state of Missouri, where you have the class four, class three teams in particular, the bigger schools playing in the MCC, playing in the bigger conferences that literally beat themselves up all year. And you go across state and you have Rockhurst and East or whatever the name is. Park, Park Hill. You know, and you look at the quality of the total conferences and everything, and because it, that's actually, I'm going to bring this up in a second. But I look at the Big Ten teams, I even some of the Big East teams that missed out, um, and you look at that Sunbelt conference with five teams. VCU was left out. VCU had quality wins this year. Yeah, VC, I, I think if VCU wins that conference tournament, that's another Big Ten team in over Dayton. Well, the moral of the story to me is the, the landscape is just getting more and more and more competitive, um, which is good for soccer, period. 
You know, it's uh, it's just kind of expanding options. Now, the one statistic that just blew me away, um, you know, we have so many friends that are alum, and, and we, you know, we know a lot of the current players and staff. Indiana, 37 years in a row of making that tournament. God. 37. That's insane. What was their start? I mean, they were two games under 500, I think, early on. Yeah, like seven, eight games in. And what did you say? I think they'll be there at the end. Yeah, you know, like a, you know, if you if you're going to suck, suck early. <laughs> you know, and then put it together moving later. Um now the downside is, you know, friends of the show, uh Akron missed out, too many ties. Michigan State missed out, same story, too many ties. Slew. Slew. Uh started picking up pace at the end of the year, but it just wasn't enough to get, you know, to push them over the top. So, uh but, but. Kale Wasserman over to SIUE in the tournament, undefeated, wins the uh, conference championship, and they're rocking and rolling. Gets Memphis first round. Yep. And if they win, they get North Carolina second. Woohoo. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. (laughs) You know, let's let's see how we do. And the Bears. The Bears get a home game. Missouri State. Yep. Um, Missouri State Bears get a home game. They play Omaha for the second time this year. Omaha. They beat Omaha already this year. It's hard to beat a team twice, and that especially made the tournament. So I guess they get a home game, and a lot of these games are kicking off Thursday, I believe. So let's, stay let's, tuned. Let's can we jump to the MLS now for a second, and then take the break because it's our show. We can go I, wherever we want to go. I just I know it was over a week ago that we lost to Kansas City, and I know you can say it. And two weeks ago, before the first playoff game the first round of the playoffs just ended last night awful. three weeks later yeah, it's awful and then they're off for what two more weeks yeah before they start the second round what are we doing i mean well, i don't even, I, I don't even know who's in it anymore the international break <clears throat> yeah but oh. i think if they were going to acknowledge the international break just align your season with international <laughs> thank you yeah i just it, it bothers me and i think there are issues with the MLS on the scheduling side, on the playoff side. It, it's like I a, don't like it. At it's all. almost as if they're regularly jumping the shark. Yes. Um, for example, the other day they had a <laughs> an exhibition game of two first teams in the middle of the playoffs. The playoffs. Right before a playoff game yeah. on Apple TV. Yeah. So and I, and I get it. Weird. In the the messy. You know, effect you know, train truck Str- coming down strike the strike while the iron's hot. But but it's like, l- let's get this right. You don't you don't need seven days between games. Let's let's speed this thing up a little bit. I, I can I can almost guarantee you that viewership of that first game of the first round was high, and it's gone down ever since for non-market viewers. Yeah. Now if your team's on, you're watching your team, but I can't imagine. You've lost attention already. Well, here's a, here's another metric, and, and this for the is, casual fan. Here, here's the other area: uh, social media. When you have this much time yeah. between games, like there's only so much trash talk you can do until even the people that love trash talking are like, "Fuck, I can't keep saying the same thing over and over again." Because nothing's changed. It just it doesn't. It it becomes boring. Speed it up a little bit. I you know what? Hey MLS, I understood what you were trying with the. Best of three. 
first I, round. I, I uh, you want to sell tickets and increase, you know, give Apple more games, but it, for me, didn't work. Create more demand. I, I'm a, I'm I, a, I'm okay with a two game. Do an aggregate. Do it Champions League style. Sure, that'd be fine. But uh, if you want to compete at the international level and say that the MLS is an international level league, yeah, do more things like the other international leagues are doing. Not this. Oh, we're it's America, so we have to do playoffs. All right, we're going to shift to the other end of the spectrum, and I even I touched on it briefly. Um, Missouri State championship semifinals are upon uh all four classes have been finalized uh i'm going to start with class one uh in class one the four semifinalists are duchenne maryville deberg and lackey i'm going with deberg only because matt stelzer went there and i don't know anything about any of those schools i'm going with duchenne because tk went there well there you go i haven't heard of the last two yeah, I don't know. I didn't even look it up. Is that in Illinois? No, it's Missouri. No, it's Missouri <laughs> class one. Maryville's out towards uh, KC, oh, I believe. Yeah, Maryville. My brother-in-law went to Maryville High School. Yeah. I was thinking metro area, and there's a Maryville, Illinois. That's why. Uh, Sorry, Brian, um, if you're listening. Well, class two gets even more entertaining. Okay. Actually, question marks. You have Westminster Christian, Excelsior Springs, mm. Orchard Farm, and Logan Rogersville. Any, I, where are those schools? Rogers, Logan Rogersville is down there in the Springfield Ozarks. area, yeah. Um, Excelsior, Excelsior Springs, Springs is West. Kansas City. Yep. I have and some friends in Excelsior What's the Springs. other one? Westminster Christian. Right, right That's here. That's here. And then it? what's the other one? That's where Dobbs goes to school. Orchard Farm. Orchard Farm is uh, 70, Newtown. Yeah, it's up. Oh, I'm going area. Newtown. Yeah. Orchard Farm. Yep. I'm go. going with uh, Westminster. And they got a brand new, beautiful school being built, too. Okay, class three. You guys ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Rockwood Summit. Heard of them. I know where they're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, East KC. Don't know them. Mm-mm. It's the east side of Kansas City. Makes sense. On the Missouri side. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Springfield Catholic. Yep. Know that one. Yep. And friend of the show, Ledoux. That's so crazy. You, talk about, you talked about Indiana having a kind of a rough start. I don't know if Indiana had the adversity <laughs> that Aaron Berg's had with his no. program um, to come out of that and to be where they are is really impressive and and kudos to them. Yeah, congratulations, Dave. Um, I didn't like any of your take on your show, but <laughs> congratulations on making the Final Four. And um, I, I wish you nothing but luck. Fort Jamal South's not in that. That would be a no. Wow. But Rockwood Summit is a usual suspect in that class in the Final Four, at least in the recent history. Now, class four, the big dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have Lindbergh, Park Hill South, Burroughs, John Burroughs, for those of you not in the area, and Rockhurst. Um, my gut feeling, my gut take on that is none of the usual suspects, none of the mega play, you know, the big dogs. Rockhurst would be the only one. Yep. Um, I, yeah, again, I'm. I, look, I'll give them credit for being the big dog in their market, but we have seven of them here that all beat themselves up throughout the year. SLU, CBC, Desmet, Viani, uh, uh, Li- uh, Liberty, right? Yeah, I hate saying this, but 
Rockhurst is nationally ranked, which I don't know how you nationally rank high school soccer teams, um, but they do do it, and they have to be the favorite coming in. It's a bubble. It's a bubble ranking. I'm taking Lindbergh because of who they beat to get there. And you're a public school kid. I like that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Me, too. So I'm taking the favorite there if I'm betting um, uh, my money. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I hate it, and I don't want to say – no, I'm not taking Rockers. Nope. Nope, I'm done. I'm taking Lindbergh. Lindbergh, too? Yep. Three Lindberghs? Sure. You know, do you care? I, no. <laughs> Rockers is going to win. I'll be happy for whoever wins, you know, if, if, if they're a, a good program, good team, good coaching staff. I'm happy for them. Well, it's it's going to be interesting because um, we've talked about the Champions League on the show prior, um, you know, which is which I think is a very very good thing. It's gonna it's gonna be good for raising awareness, raise uh, kind of elevating the teams that do win on the high school side. But I, I I think they I think they jumped the gun on announcing the teams for next year. Because there's a handful of these teams that are in the semifinals and could potentially win that will not be in next year's. Well, I think they can always adjust the format. You know, if yeah. If well, I would doubt that they would go back. I was going to say the wrong word there. Go back on who they've no. That's what I'm saying. Year. They can but adjust. What teams are you talking about specifically, other than Ladue? Uh, Lindbergh too. I don't think they qualified. Um, I I'd have to go through the list, but um, they're going to be missing teams. So, uh, touche. Touche. All right, here we go. We're going to take a quick break. We're down here at Maggie O'Brien's. We're going to get a couple of refills. And when we be back, when, when, when we come back, more nonsense. Thank you. See ya. I'm just a boy, but I will win. Yeah. Lost on the lovers. Fellow travelers. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Buying a home, it's kind of a big deal. Never has there been more competition to buy, so few homes to choose from, all made worse by an uncertain interest rate landscape. Now that you're short a bedroom for the third kid, you're in the wrong school district, and a walkable corner pub isn't nearly close enough, it's time to reach out to the Pinnacle Loan Team for help. They work with a network of agents that have their feet on the ground across the whole region and have a number of loan products that are cost-effective with a process that is simple. Basically, they've got you covered from start to finish. So when it's time to buy, visit thepinnacleloans.com. That's thepinnacleloans.com, simply the best in home loans. The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, the Music Box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys. (laughs) 
these girls are having fun. <laughs> We're back. You guys both jumped simultaneously well, like my there cats. There was a gilli- giggling girl in my ear that I wasn't expecting. Well, <laughs> I'll leave it there. I mean, you guys can fill in the blanks on that one, but... We're back for the second half of the 100th episode of the Soccer Dad Pod. Um, I got a little favor to ask of, of you listeners. Been been reading a little bit on... Uh, I kind of nerd out on social media algorithms, news on what works, what doesn't work. And when it comes to podcasts, there's one thing that helps shows more than anything. Any guesses? Boys? Reviews. Uh, Venmoing us money. Uh, both. Equ- well, one is uh, immediate. The other one is more valuable for the algorithm. Uh, the reviews. So, if you are a fan of the show and you haven't yet, jump on there. Write a little review. Even if it's like two words. Unless, well, actually, that's even great. if you do follow JB on social and you are from Kansas... Yeah, put it on. We've there. had some uh, Twitter reviews. Oh, we got plenty of Twitter show from folks from that side. Uh, the Kansas City people who found our Apple Pod too. I mean, there's a few on. Well, the review <laughs> that we just got hilarious. Yeah, we. You pull read, it up. While read it. I, I haven't seen it. it. You haven't seen it? <laughs> no. It's awesome, man. Yikes! I'm, Uninspiring is the word that comes. That comes. <laughs> just feels phoned in. This guy's terrible at grammar too. Um, it's like I wrote it. More effort is needed. Don't waste your time with this garbage. Garbage. Yikes. Wow. Yeah. I am pretty sure that's the same person who said that, that almost identical on Twitter. I Probably. think they purposely were like, screw this guy and his show. Well, they all have cat profiles and a picture of dried out barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Like in the same photo. Yeah. I know where they're coming from. Because the circle on their phone is not big enough to fit their girl in it. Uh. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> hey, uh, I feel we need to include our listeners in on a friendly debate that we had yesterday on our way back uh, from Detroit, standing at the gate in Midway. And that is, you know, and, and put this in the review too, answer the question or just shoot us a note. Food on an airplane. Oh. Protocol. Like, what is appropriate, what is not appropriate? And here's... Simplistically, here's my position on this. If it's dry food that doesn't have a steaming aroma of any kind, that's acceptable. If it smells like anything, most importantly, if it smells like a fucking chili dog, (laughs) the answer is hard no. I have a set of criteria. What's your criteria? One, no utensils allowed. If you need utensils to eat it, don't bring it on a plane. That means no pancakes. That means no soup. Curry. That means no... Sweet and sour chicken from Penway. Correct. You have to be able to eat that with your fingers. And... And it cannot smell beyond the radius of the dish that it's in. Yeah, I don't know how like you qualify. Like Hot food has Scoville units or whatever, right? Like the level of heat. There is no measurement for level of aroma when it comes to food. But I can tell you the chili dogs are on the wrong side of the fucking Mendoza line, Jared. Oh, man. Chili dogs. I would wear 
chili dog cologne. I mean, there is nothing better smelling than a fresh chili Look, dog. Look, nobody likes the airport process as it is. And getting in line, it's cattle call. Especially Southwest, because you're just yes the whim of whoever you mistakenly make eye contact. Do you know what's weird about Southwest to me? And, I, and maybe it's just I'm unlucky because it's karma or something, is that there is not two alike gates in an airport. And every time you're on a flight that's half full, you're in the biggest gate. But then when you're on a full flight, you're always crammed in this little corner that's like a quarter gate. Like last night? Like oh. last night. Well, Midway doesn't have any big gates. I. It's just, I mean, you couldn't even move in that. No, thing. you had to step over people to get to where you're trying to get to. It you was, know, and, th- and then it, on Southwest, too, if you're, let's say, I think the number is roughly B42. If you, if you have that number and you walk on, how much anxiety do you get whenever the whole, all the seats just look like a grid of X's? You know what I'm saying? Where the middles are all open or there may be somebody. Then there's those assholes that sit in the middle seat, right? They don't know anybody, but they're assuming nobody's sitting by me, right? So then the whole grid, it looks like a bad Tetris game. If I sit in the middle, and then I just have my hands like claws up next to me. <laughs> Nobody sits next to me. Well, you put your chili dog bag on the outside seat. I did. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before we get crazy, we were just having a friendly argument. I did not bring a chili dog on the plane. No, you did not. Because you ate it too fast. I but know. You made but, it clear. Somebody, but somebody we know did bring a steak with mashed potatoes on. They yeah. did. And and uh, all the boys said it smelled delicious. Yeah, because they weren't eating it. Yeah, no, you know, th- that's the thing. Like, when you travel, stay <laughs> off everybody's radar. How hard is that? Yeah, it's just courteous, you know. Um, the other thing, that, that talking about pet peeves. I love talking about pet peeves. When oh, I, the I plane stops pet peeves. and we're at the gate, if you're, in the, if you're anywhere behind row four, sit, sit down. Thing. <laughs> just sit down. No, you're bad. Well, right no, no. Now. What's what? Don't and, and and but what? sit down in your seat, not on the back of the seat that leans into mine. Oh, I got a better one for you guys. What about those individuals that walk on, <clears throat> set their headphones in one of the first five rows, right, mm-hmm. or their purse or whatever, and then they go back to row ten or further to put their carry on? Oh, that's my favorite too. Because we all know what happens. Yeah. Well, when you land, uh, I gotta get back. Excuse me, sir. Can you just grab that? Can you just grab that white bag that's eight rows behind you, real quick, and then just (laughs) fireman carry it over everybody? (laughs) Fireman carry. I love watching YouTube jokers in an airport (laughs) setting. Because you guys get so irritated about everything. Humans. <laughs> and humans. Yeah, mostly and it is people. so I, awesome. Look. I wish I could just egg it all on. But I will what say. What do you mean you wish? <laughs> I, think I think you have. We, we were sitting in Outback yesterday. And there were bar, bar stools directly behind us. <laughs> They were the loudest fucking bar stools I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like I think, I think they were setting up for a wedding the whole time we were there. <laughs> and I was like, would, you, would they just fucking stop moving these bar stools around everywhere? <laughs> and you passed on the blooming onion, so there's that. Um, 
Hey, let's get let's get into a little. Uh, this is this is going to be a topic. I know Dave's going to listen to this. Um, he, there was an individual friend of ours, he who shall not be named, uh, texted us um, some numbers. Oh boy. Yes. So, you know, St. Louis, we're deep. We got a lot of talent in this town at a lot of different levels. <clears throat> and as you well know, one of the larger ongoing debates uh, on the show, kind of behind the scenes, is uh, club versus high school, et cetera. And, you know, our club's going too far. Could we not bring this up? I mean, like, we, we, we are obligated to bring this up on episode 100. We have to. It's an anniversary episode. And what do you do in anniversaries? You celebrate the past. Go ahead, my friend. So um, we, we have three academies in, the, in this market. Um, Cities Academy, doing well. Um, you know, at, at most of the age groups competing, our boys are doing really well. Um, what, what, what are the numbers? 1202, 1102? 12. 1202. What's the, the goals? 49 goals for six goals against. That's pretty good. Those are good numbers. Um, Gallagher, I believe, uh, which is the second uh, MLS Academy in our particular age group, uh, they're doing pretty well. They're a couple games above 500. Uh, their goal differential is solid. I was sc- scanning through it. Um, but a lot of people were wondering about the third club. And here's the thing. What I'm about to tell you, these statistics, does not mean, this is not a statement from me stating that they shouldn't have done or added the MLS next level because I absolutely think they have the right to do whatever they want. If there's a demand for it and they're in, that's their prerogative because it's down to parents and kids and the relationship with the club, period. Before you read the statistics, I want to state a couple of things because I know we throw out terms a lot. We've talked about select. We've talked about club. We've talked about academy. I want to quickly, most people probably know this that are listening at this stage, but academy for men, for boys, is specific to one league, the MLS Next. Correct. Okay? That's the only boys' academy program. Which which is uh, two, I think the number is roughly 240 clubs. Clubs nationally. Every MLS team has academy teams. Correct. Um, And then there are the... OG levels, you know, like the Gallagher's, like the Weston Strikers, Chicago Soccer's, and right. Bavaria, you know, and then and then there's a new teams, and Lufus is is new to the to expanding it. So what we're talking about is in particular on the boys side. So this don't conflate what yeah. we're talking about with the girls side, which is a wholly separate topic we can get into. Uh, and and I don't, we're not arguing here, but there are current boy usl academies with underneath the usn umbrella usl umbrella that do not play in the mll next mls next correct so there is that so they're using the word the the the, they're loosely using the word academy but go ahead uh 57 games played for the academy uh five correct five wins 42 losses 10 ties 202 goals against roughly 3.54 per game um, the so here's the thing. Anybody listening knows that's that's not good. That that's not that's not cutting it from a uh, win performance pers- uh, metric. Um, but 
here's where I'm immediately going to support their right to do whatever they want to do and for the families and the kids to play there. And there's a couple facets to this. Number one, you know, we, we've had enough conversations on air, off air, off the record that have clarified the reality to the nth degree that the college recruiting process, the pathway, these coaches, these scouts are 90, 95, maybe even a higher percentage than that. Currently in 2023 for male soccer Correct. players. They are looking at all of those MLS Next teams. All of them. First. Um, and in some aspects, that's it. Yeah. And when it came, when we kind of were alluding to teams maybe that do struggle or don't have a lot of wins, and we weren't talking about fuse in this particular conversation. It was just a generically speaking, do 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 you go to games where you know you have a weaker uh, Vardar or whatever the team is? And the simple quote was, I'm not recruiting 11. I just need one. You know, and if I would rather look at a kid, and I'm paraphrasing, I would rather look at a kid that can excel in their system or in their style or exhibit skill sets that I want against the highest level of competition, the wins, the losses are a distant second. Well, and there's a massive factor that we cannot ignore, and that is convenience. Because... What do you mean? When you have a recruiting budget, if you can go to four events per year and see the top of the top Correct. all in one place, and you don't have to travel around the country to go to different club games or academy games or high school games, and you can get the one or two players you're looking for in that position by going to one or one to four events, that is a massive convenience factor that has to be considered for these coaches and these program directors. Yeah, it's economics. You know, and on the flip side, for those of you that are listening that um, are pro high school in particular, um, I think you need to look at the things like the Champions League, the schools, uh, St. Dom, CBC, Ledoux, the people that are in charge there that are working with Jim Hart and Perry Vanderbeek, uh, all the crew down in Tampa, because Tampa Market was the first to kick it off. You need more of that because there needs to be more of a draw um, if you're wanting more attention, if college is the goal for your players. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things that all things are cyclical. Look, fuse, fuse could reset. Um, kids could grow. They could get mature, you know, shift in chemistry, you know, and, and they could go from, you know, whatever that win percentage is and flip it. It, it could literally be flipped at any time. Well, and it could be a couple coaches that change. Well, here, here's what it is. I mean, let's be let's call a spade a spade. Oh, wait um, a second. Here comes the spade is a spade. 15, north of under 15, this is their first year, too. Correct. So what they've done currently is their earlier age group teams, their best players were poached to the City Academy. So... Their current 15 and North teams were their ECNL teams or their regional league teams that they just conveniently put into MLS Next. So, like anything in your first year, other than St. Louis City Pro Team, 
you're going to have some speed bumps and you're going to have some struggles and it's about the body of work and you're going to have to build it. So what they need to do, um, and they're not asking me, is they need to mirror their organization from the youth level like some other successful organizations have done and build it from the bottom up. I think they're doing that. So I think the proof in the pudding will be... Totally. Look, it takes time. Yeah. The only reason I wanted to talk about it is one... The, the numbers were sent to us and was like, wow, that's a big number. Yep. Two, in conjunction with some recent conversations that we've had with a few individuals that do mm-hmm. the recruiting that are pointing out that statistics like that does not matter to them. It's still the level of the kid and where they're playing. Well said. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, we go back to... Uh, the boys episode last week, right? Um, you know, talking about what, what ultimately matters. Um, are the kids having fun, right? Because if they're not having fun and those families aren't having fun, those things will change, you know? And it's up to anybody else thinking that they have a right or should be taking those kids on, uh, figure it out. And I think if that's, if that's the path that you want your, your kid to go on and, and they have a desire to be pro or play D1... <clears throat> you've got to constantly be evaluating the situation that they're in. Yeah. And is your kid getting better? Are they being challenged? Are they still loving it? And if the answer to those is no, then it's time to evaluate um, and, and maybe look at some different options. Or are they still desiring that path? Do they still really want to put in the effort and go through the sacrifices it takes to get to that level? And that's just a, it's a, a tough conversation. Um, I think we've, I wouldn't say we've beaten this to it to an inch of its life, but I think we've covered and, and made some really strong points. Um, and I'm still always open for other perspectives, but I think if the question is high school or academy to a D1 path, there, there really isn't a debate. It doesn't mean that you can't play high school and still play for a college. That's not what we're saying, nor are we devaluing the high school experience. Well, here's the other thing. Get your 4-0 and have a kick-ass yeah. high well, school career. And another thing and that we need knocking. to make sure we're clear on, which I think goes without saying, the other side of the coin is, is just because you play academy does not mean you're going to go no, D1 either. No, So let's acknowledge that as well. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. So I, I kind of want to go in a, a little bit of a different direction, which is a little bit different. And... Train travel? Ooh. No, <laughs> I love Maybe. Me some Amtrak. No, I. It's soccer related, Dude. and I think it's going <laughs> to certainly elicit some some response, which is the word legacy, and in particular, in our world of soccer, on the female side, we had one of the most iconic players recently retire, in a very dramatic fashion, and that's Megan Rapino. I'm not going to give my. <clears throat> theory yet or my my thoughts but i think i had go ahead she has over the last 10 years been the face her and and uh, alex morgan have probably been the face of the u.s women's national team for the past 10 years or so if we're talking about faces i prefer the latter but go ahead (sighs) (laughs) you know jared we keep you around for certain reasons uh well, no, so, I, you know what? I, I, I had um, her down as a, a point earlier, and I literally just had Megan versus Alexi was my notes. Oh, um, yeah. 
and 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 I think it was uh, shit. What what was his tweet? It was it was it was just too. The words. end. Yeah, the end. Like he took a picture. He he retweeted. Uh, her going a, down. A news article of her going down and like you know Rapino five minutes in injured ends career. Was this at Gotham City in a game? Uh, it was the U.S. Women's. It was the NWSL Championship. Yeah. Game. And Alexi's tweet was retweet was simply the end, not clearly. like he was glad it was the end. Is what you're insinuating? I think look, Alexi Lalas is conniving in his Twitter yeah. approach at best. I'm being polite. <clears throat> he does everything on purpose. He's got his agenda. He knows what works. He knows what gets the clicks. What he are we mad at today? What are we yelling what at are today? We, yeah, right, every day. What are we mad at today? Uh, you're still kind of a dork. I don't follow him anymore. Like, it, it just got too, it, it wore me out. Um, but here's my thing on that, Zach. And tell me what you think. And, and Jared, I will just, absolutely tell you what I think, and I'd like to go first. Here's the thing. Don't tweet, dude. You don't need to say anything. She did what she did. She lived her life. She spoke her piece. She did Everything on the field and off the field that everybody loved on the field because nobody's going to complain about women w winning a World Cup. You know, and then she did everything off the field and everybody's going to complain because they're afraid watching a women's soccer game will turn them gay or whatever. Whoa, 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 whoa. He, Here's he, the deal. It doesn't matter. He didn't need to go there. And that's kind of like we, we have enough vitriol in every one of our marketplaces. It wasn't necessary. I, I, I to mean, me, clear clear the runway so we can just disparage Kansas City soccer. Well, here's where I'll, I have a problem with it, and I need to look at the context of it all. But if you're if I'm listening to you right, she got injured in a game, and then he made light of the injury in the game and said the end. Well, shame on fucking him. No matter, talk about the politics, talk about how she, what you think, and what she thinks, no, and, and all that shit. Leave that somewhere else. But he's an ex-player. And if you ever make light of somebody else's injury, whether it's at the beginning of their career, the end of the year, because you have a disagreement in beliefs, that's dog shit. Yeah, it, it Th came. Th that's that's tasteless. It came off. I mean, predictably smug. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't even want to give him credit enough to say that he was doing it to elicit some sort of other response from. A certain group of people, but he certainly has branded himself in a way that that makes it really easy to kind of figure out what he's thinking. And so, when you do that for a player who is a, a lightning rod, I mean, Megan, regardless if you like her or not, she certainly brought attention to herself and to issues that she thought were important. You could argue about her ability in the last World Cup and whether she should have been there or not, but in her prime, she was a she was remarkable player, player for our team, for success in the win-loss record, politics aside, all the yep. other bullshit yep. aside. So credit when credit's due during that. Making light of an injury and saying good riddance almost is what I'm getting out of that. Um I wish he was better than that. Well, I just think for the sake of U.S. soccer, for the development of soccer on both sides of the fence, men's and women's, and we don't need we don't need that conversation. It's it's counterproductive. Period. Could have just let it go. Look, on she, I mean, 
She gets injured, Achilles, right? Something like that, or ankle? I didn't know. I don't what, know what, what the actual. But, like, but she had she had announced, like in the World Cup, she had announced that this would be her final season um, as a women's national team player and as a professional player. And so when she went down, the first I think three and a half minutes, <clears throat> a non-contact injury gets carted off. It's, it's a shitty way to end a career for most most people wouldn't want to go out like that and there's a lot of emotion that goes into that there's a lot of just a lot of things going into it and so for somebody like him who played at a high level who had a career ending time of his life yeah i I just can you imagine him retweeting a picture of taylor after the last concussion saying the end you know what i'm saying probably I mean that. I mean that's kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. probably can't imagine him doing it. Yeah. It, it. It's just like you know, he. I think the pulpit needs to be trimmed down a little bit. Now, what I will say, um, and this, and you can read into this what you want. I don't have a lot of patience for all of Megan Rapinoe's sideshow antics either. I wish she would just be more head down and play, and with all the bullshit at the end of the the career. And we don't need to get into this the whole time. But, uh, you know, but that doesn't excuse what Alexi did. Yeah. Like I said, it, it she's a lightning rod. There are people who are absolute diehard fans of what she did on the pitch, off the pitch for women's issues, for gay rights, for equal pay, for brutality, all kinds of issues that she stood for. And you people have strong opinions on those one way or the other. And I'm not going to debate those. But for somebody to take a platform like that and to sacrifice what she had, which wasn't a lot. I mean, let's be honest, it's not the most lucrative. I mean, she turned it into that. But I think she will maintain a pretty strong legacy within our sport. Well said. And I think uh, debatable. I, I, I think she's it's not debatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's a difference. Well, I wouldn't even go there. Just shut um, up and dribble. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, NWSL, though, the game the other night had, uh, I mean, another packed stadium. Uh, television was popping. Media was popping. Perfect segue. St. Louis IU. There was 3,000 people at that game. Yeah. Women's game. Yeah. Let's go. That's uh, freaking awesome. If Carolyn Kendall's listening or the ownership group, I, I think. And it looked like more than 3,000 people. That place was packed. Yeah, I saw I saw videos and pictures all over the country, people in bars, packed out watching that championship game. And I think for a few generations of young girls, I mean, we just had Alex Pfeiffer on Soccer Mom. Those those girls, I mean, Alex Pfeiffer just got signed as a 15-year-old <laughs> to a professional contract with the Kansas City Current. There are many, many millions of girls in this country and men and boys that would love to watch and because it's high quality and I think we need a team here in St. Louis. Well, I, th- I clearly they're not publicly laying out their game plan, but it's hard to believe that it's not on the short list, just kind of given yeah. how they entered the league, what the MO was, um, the the select choice and who was going to call the shots with Carolyn at, at, at all, <clears throat> um, and seeing the growth of the game. And frankly, it, it, here's the other thing: St. Louis soccer on the women's side 
the club side, Isino in particular, oh, God. right, is it's nationally relevant every single year at every age group. The leaders in our game that are in our market that you've had on the soccer mom from Ruth Harker to Steve Petcher to Ralph is now the commissioner of ECNL. I mean, the, the, well, shit, Lindsay Eversmeyer, Lindsay Eversmeyer, Lori Klupney. Klupney. I mean, there is, there is the people here in our backyard. I mean, there's a board members group that could, that could really take this thing. And a history of, professional women's soccer. Well, I kind of was like, I, I was so thoroughly, and I, and I told you guys the day after interviewing Alex, I was like, I was so thoroughly impressed by her cadence, by her answers, by her just professionalism. Going through my mind, a big chunk of that interview was like, damn, we missed her. You know, can't, Casey's got her. They signed her. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm like, <clears throat> of course, we don't have a team yet, but you know, we have more of those. You, 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 oh, yeah. you got Grace Restovich. And, Every day you're you know, seeing I mean, There's a lot day. of names. Um, you know, in the in the women's game, uh, it would absolutely be supported here. It would absolutely be a pipeline uh, locally feeding the team, undoubtedly. Uh, they wouldn't have to look for, for leadership with individuals like Lindsay and Lori, et cetera. Um, I think it'd be cool. I think be, it would be an amazing addition to this spoke of soccer wheel that we 100%. have without question. So Jared segue from Alex being a great interviewee. It's our hundredth episode. You were on the pilot. Who are your top three guests that we've had or episodes? So it doesn't have to be specific to a guest. You don't have to name them all at once. So I tell you what, we'll each, we'll each do one so you can like reset there. Um, it doesn't have to be in order either, so don't feel like you're you're. I liked the Tom Strunk episode; it was probably my favorite episode. Um, it, the place where we did it at, uh, I was a little nervous because I felt like, and maybe this is just me being um, nervous, is hey, Tom's just throwing us a bone, and and after getting Tom on the mic and listening to his story, and I felt like he was comfortable and he had fun. And I learned a lot from him that night, even off mic. Um, that guy, that 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 was a that was a big check mark for 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 me in our uh, catalog of episodes. I thought and I thought and I thought it translated well because I do listen to him. What about you, JB? I got to go to the pilot. I mean, I had an opportunity to record, you know, a conversation with my brother. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was awesome. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say on that one. I'll come. I'll, I'll give you my number two after that. Go ahead, Zach. I think for me, and I'm almost got them into categories because I've had. I, mean, I literally wrote down 25 of the cerebral. C- cerebral I, Zach well, has them it, in categories. I don't. I, they're not written down in categories, but I think through them like that. And I think the one that sticks out to me, probably the most, was Terry Mickler. It, it, because it was so surprising. I didn't know him prior to that that meeting and his way of conducting himself as a professional being the way he made eye contact the way he talked to us the stories he could tell after a thousand wins 50 years coaching in st louis all the things he was dealing with personally um and the fact that ever since then that was back in what december of last year or something like that he continues to text us he continues to follow us and offer us support and so I think Terry is up there on the top, you know, for me. 
Um, and I just still think of him a lot. Yeah. What you got? What's another one? Uh, my, my second one um, is a selfish one for me, like just kind of checking the list, um, is Jeremy Allen Ball. Um, because of, uh, of my history with him and going from where I was – scared of him as a coach and he wasn't like a militant coach but like oh my god I got to do things right dot I's cross T's play well to getting through that era and then becoming friends with him even more so after that Um, and then watching his progression through the game and and what he's done especially here in St. Louis Jeremy Allen Ball was a special one for me and 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 also we were at an awesome event for our boys and an under 15 event where we just got done playing Arsenal and he's down there, and he comes to our VRBO poolside, and we're having beers. I mean, does it get better than that for this little makeshift show that we're doing? That was fun. No, that was awesome. Uh, I'm get you. Know, I, I hate to say it, but it's another pseudo morbid one. Uh, but having the opportunity to sit down and and interview my high school coach, my mentor, yeah, um, Coach Gene Baker, with my childhood idol as a player, David Fernandez, the two of them sitting at a table with me was, uh, was surreal. You know, it's, um, we all have those individuals in our lives that are like, fuck, that's just a badass or yeah. a great influence. Well, those are, figure. Yeah. Those, those two, just the, the wins, the success, the mindset, the, just the vibe. Um, I'll never forget it. I think my second favorite, just because he, we didn't even get to meet him in person, and hopefully maybe down in Phoenix or in one of the, these these fests, we'll uh, get to meet. I, do, I know where you The going Don this. Ebert. Damn. Um, because I just remember sitting there listening to him, and I felt like he was pacing like a lion while he was talking to us about the passion that he has, mostly about LA Galaxy and how they kind of created a, a, an inner rivalry there. But that's the word is passion. And, and we've had other folks that have been, you know, directly involved with Don Ebert, whether it's Steve Petcher or Tim Leonard, or I mean, Carl Rose, Carl Rose, so many people that were impacted by Don Ebert. And I just feel like he has had such a massive impact on our game, on the youth side of the game in particular. And I just, I, 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 I that, that was a special one for me. Last one, last one, one, my last one was just the weekend that we had and and the relevance in the game and his rapid success. It was the one that we did with Pat Noonan in the FC Cincinnati training center. Yeah, um, one of those other ones that we were kind of nervous about like, uh, is he doing it just because we had a youth relationship? Uh, you know. But when he got on there and kind of figured out what we were doing, he opened up, he, he said stuff from the heart. Um, he, he was looking in the eye type guy too. And, and just the information that we got from him during that on mic and off mic, I, that, that was a big time one for us. If we're talking about a soccer podcast. No, it was great. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, um, you know, you get to reflect to that episode in particular, he was in the midst of building a season that he probably wouldn't have been, been able to predict, you know, winning the East, being the clear-cut favorite, winning Supporter Shield, Supporter Shield. Supporter Shield yeah. and, you know, they're rolling right now. That was super cool. Uh, my last one, I'd be in deep shit if I didn't say this was one of my favorites. Uh, Kim, you and Lindsay on the <laughs> Soccer Mom Sunday pilot. The kick. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, 
where if you go back and listen to it, um, they they technically were worse than Jared in referencing their own outfits at one point. Um, so go check it out. It was fun. My lovely wife and her sister. Um, can we do a blessed. wild card one? Do we? I mean, if we're talking about the ones we well, have can to I say, what about th- the boys? Oh, I didn't shit. get my third, and it wasn't going to be the boys because I was going to say the same thing. That that's obviously our favorite of all time was no, because they didn't share children. it. Fuck them. <laughs> I, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, touche, touche. We don't get super emotional on this show. It's usually shit housery and and just X's and O's and kind of funny stories, but the ones that were emotional, I think stick out to me. And for me, Tim Leonard, oh, yeah. I, and we talked about him so much uh, with the boys and just the impact that he's had on our families and in our boys' lives. Um, but to hear him talk, and then I'm circling back to then the Carl Rose episode where we brought up the 1975 team that he coached and how, you know, what they'd said about him and how he got emotional. And it just goes to show how this game can be such a life changing event and, and choice. I mean, Dave Bursick talking to him about the feedback that we were getting about him come, just coming on the show before he even did an interview yeah, and how, emotional he got about that and there's so many stories that we've had and and people telling and that's been kind of my favorite part about this i love the fun and the the silliness but hearing those stories kind of gives me a little bit more comfort in every time i have to drive downtown every time we 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 travel all the things that our boys are sacrificing to get to where they want to go they're going to have these memories that's exciting to me so so here's the thing yeah yeah um I come at this from a unique perspective. Uh, not unique, I shouldn't say that. Just a, I'm very cognizant of the fact that when you make art, when you record conversations, when you create content, whatever it is, the reality in our world is it can live in perpetuity, right? It's recorded, you can listen to it, you can watch the video. You, it, it all lives forever. Whereas the vast majority of our lives are... Things you do that do you are moments. Remember this and do you remember members. that. Yeah. yeah. So, so what I'm most proud of is is the ability for us to take this whole gamut of legends to friends to parents to you know sons and dads and you know moms on the show as well. We're able to give everybody a voice, record it, and make it permanent, so that. When things happen, like in the case of my brother and Coach Baker, who's no longer with us, all these things occur, they're there in perpetuity. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, um, I, I'll i leave it with this because I think we're kind of getting to uh, that time. Yeah, it's time to drink whiskey and cry. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say this, like we would have a guest and just kind of close with that. Um I want to thank the fans. Um, I want to thank the people that have listened, that have shared. Um, it means a lot. Uh, it's really cool that, that we got some people, and it's really snowballing. And if you could, like JB said, share it. Keep doing it. And I'll, I'll echo that sentiment, but also thank you two, because I think had somebody said 
a year and a half ago, hey, I want to do a soccer dad podcast. Who should it be? <laughs> uh, I don't know if most people would have picked the three of us to do this together. They wouldn't have picked you. Thank you. Hey, what, what fucking took you so long? I thought that would have been your first pinnacle point of the day. <laughs> but they the fact that you guys keep me so humble um, <laughs> and on my toes. No, I just, I, I, I want to think, I mean, we spend a lot of time together. We spend more time together than probably with our kids and family sometimes. And it's been so much fun and I'm really appreciating it. Well, thank you, Zach. Zach. C-H. Will you buy the uh, beers? No. <laughs> It's that time. We're going to boogie. I don't think he bought much this week. Hey, either. if you made it this far, we appreciate it. Me? We apologize for... I think uh, I was bought most of it. The uh, asshousery, <laughs> shithousery, whatever the word is. Uh, again, reviews, reviews, reviews. We would really love it. It helps us because um, we'll keep bringing on some more guests and uh, we'll have fun with this thing. So, best of luck. Here's to 100 more. Yeah. Hundred more. We'll do it again. A little NXS on the way out. Thank you, Maggios. Thank you, ThePinnacleLoans.com brothers, Chris and Bill, who are coming on next week. By the way. Oh, woohoo! We're gonna break down their uh, perfect freshman season. We're gonna have to get a booster seat for Billy. Oh, uh, there it is. We're out. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>